Uh, we are really excited and blessed to continue in our theme and series of one another. Um, and we often have the tradition of at the beginning of each term uh, hearing from uh, someone who really needs no introduction but our very own president, Dr. Alan Kirtan, who has served um, our university and led our media for over the last two decades so faithfully uh, and courageously and through uh, many different trials and different seasons. And we're uh, really excited for the word that he has for us this morning. And we want to uh, bless him and pray for him and uh, just honor him and, and uh, acknowledge our gratitude. So would you please welcome uh, Dr. Kierden with me. And, and I want to invite you, if you would, just as a sign of your participation, would you just uh, pray, raise out a hand uh, upon him as we pray for him um, and as we, hear, we get to hear from him this morning. So Father in heaven, we do thank you so much for Jesus, who indeed is our greatest gift. And we know all good and perfect gifts come from you and through him. And God, we thank you for the gift of Dr. Kierden, um, for each uh, of the, the years that he has served so faithfully here. God, for his deep heart for students to grow and to be presented mature and complete in Christ. Mm. Father, I pray now that you give him a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. I pray that you would guide his thoughts, guide his words, guard his heart. And as he shares, uh, Lord, from your word, may he not only be a conduit of your blessing to each of us, but may he be a, re a receiver of your blessing. May he grow in your grace even as he serves and as he shares and declares your word of truth. God, give him... Your, your wisdom and discernment in this ongoing season in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of so many different trials and changes and transitions, God, that he would be anchored to the very hope of Christ. God, we love you. We pray your blessing upon he and Gail and their kids, their 11 grandchildren, and Father, um, upon all that you have before him this next year. But Lord, even right now, in these moments, may he deeply sense your presence as he ministers your word to us in the power of the Spirit. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Great. Thank you, Justin. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, I cannot tell you how delighted I am to be back in chapel and being able to listen to you sing. It's one of the greatest pleasures I have in the 20 years I've served here is to hear you students sing and praise God. And I just, I missed that last year. And what a delight it is for us to get back together again and hear, hear you sing your praises to our Lord and our King. Well, Justin asked me if I would be part of the series, and I think he shared this with you last week when he talked about each other or one another. And in fact, he sent me some of his uh, research on it. It said that this biblical theme of one another for this chapel is based on the one word, that one Greek word, alion, which appears over a hundred times in the New Testament, as he told you last week, with 47 of those verses as instructions to followers of Jesus. And Paul wrote about 60% of these one another commandments. And it's those commandments that help you and I walk 
this Christian faith, which is not easy to do. It is not easy to do. But at the same time, the scripture is there to help us, to give us the counsel that God wants us to know and understand to be able to walk that path. So I know Justin just prayed, but would you pray with me again? Father in heaven, let your Holy Spirit descend upon this place. Our desire, our hope, our, our, our goal is to see you glorified and honored. So let your Holy Spirit descend upon this place because as it was said earlier, that it can be a sweet aroma to you as we worship and dive into your word. In Christ's name, amen. So let's talk about this one another. Why, why do we really care about looking at these passages? Why would you care? I mean, what is it about it that is so important? And, and such to the point where there's a hundred of these references in scripture and that the apostle Paul, the apostle Paul would take that much time in his writings to make sure that these are identified. So the question I wanna ask you this morning is do you care? Do you care about what's written in here? Now you're probably thinking, Al, yes, I do care. And I'm glad to hear that. If you're saying to yourself, what does it really matter to me? It mad, let me tell you right now, it matters deeply. Because these one another passages are so critical to our relationships with each other and to the Lord. That's why a third of these concentrate on the theme of unity. That's why a third of these concentrate on our love for Jesus. So let's dive into two of these, which is to be patient with one another. Not bad counsel, is it? And also to be kind to one another. So I'm gonna to go to the book of Ephesians, fourth chapter, where Paul writes this. Therefore I, a prisoner, a prisoner serving the Lord, what imagery Paul has with that. Sometimes he uses the word doulos, which means slave. I'm a slave to the Lord. I'm a prisoner. I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you, beg you. He's talking to the Ephesians. When someone who's in the pastorate, when someone's your teacher, when someone says, I beg you, man, that is significant. This is, where, you know, this is where the lights go off to say, okay, I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention. I need to pay attention. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. You and I have a calling. You stood up and sang a songs about your devotion and your love for the Lord, how much you love him. And it's because he first loved you, right? He chose you. Now, I often ask myself, Lord, why in the world did you choose me? Why me? I don't get it, but I'm grateful that you do. I'm grateful that your love touched me first to the point where I realized that I need you and your forgiveness, and I want you to be in my life. God has called each and every one of you because he, as you just sang, because you love him. 
and he loves you. We called by God. Always be humble and gentle. That's something to aspire to. That's something to strive for. As I was just talking about with, with the fact that the Lord has chosen me, there was that time in my life. I mean, I was 12 years old at the time, a little bit of my testimony. Sometime, Justin, I ought to give my testimony in chapel. I was 12 years old, sitting around a fire, when somebody presented the essence of the gospel to me and the realization of what Christ did for me and the sin in my life and that I needed to ask him for his forgiveness and ask him to enter into my heart. At that point of justification, what you're studying in in your classes, justification took place. I am now saved. Now I begin to walk the life of sanctification where I need to learn to grow I learned here, this is what we want at Northwestern, to help equip you so you can walk that path for your entire life. It's something to aspire, to strive for, to pursue, is that calling. And it starts off with a lot of instructions, but here Paul talks about two simple directives, always be humble and gentle. We're called by God. That's a key question. That's a key understanding. Be humble and be gentle. And then I love this. Be patient with each other. Be patient with each other. Now I'm gonna give you another insight into Al Kierden. Sometimes people irritate me. Sometimes I'm quick to judge. Quick, quick to criticize. Sometimes I try to stay away from harsh actions. I'm just, I'm just confessing to you that even after walking with the Lord for 56 years, I still struggle with this. But I need to be reminded in God's word constantly over and over again to be patient with other people. But that's, that's the struggle. Because sometimes... People irritate us. Sometimes people disappoint us. And so I I admit freely, I wrestle with it. This is why Paul exactly states that don't allow, make an allowance, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. So be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other. Grace. Grace. When someone doesn't live up to your expectations, provide grace. Opportunity to hear them out. Opportunity, if you will, to be patient. And like I said, I have to remind myself to be patient. I tend to be, if you would talk to my wife, Gail, an impatient guy. I want to get things done. Sometimes it's hard for me to rely or wait on the Lord. To wait on the Lord. Be patient with each other. Making allowance for each other's faults. So there's a realization, and I start with me, that no one's perfect. You and I still wrestle with that sin in our lives. 
No one is perfect. And there are sometimes I experience those things as you do. Sometimes there's a, a callous comment or a naive comment or an insensitive comment or someone's sarcasm that hurts deeply or someone says something demeaning or specifically insulting. And what frustrates me, and I need to be patient, I need to be patient, is that they love the Lord. They love the Lord. And so it's important to me, it's important for us to understand that when those things happen to us, we need to be humble. We need to be patient with each other. We need to be gentle. Making allowance. Making allowance. Sometimes I hear students say to me, I thought you said this was a Christian university. Why are people acting this way? And I have to remind them, as gentle as I can here, as gentle as I can is that you, you gotta make allowance for others. The key here is how you respond. What Paul is writing here, what Christ is telling us is I need to be patient. You need to be patient. Make an allowance for each other. Not having expectations of how they should act or respond, but how should I act and how should I respond? Make every effort to keep yourself united, united in the spirit, binding ourselves together in peace. So I find myself praying for them. I find myself that when I pray for other people, there's a softness that enters my spirit. When I lift them up and ask the Lord to forgive me so that I can extend forgiveness to them, it helps. Bind yourself together in peace. And again, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? It's because you and I are Christ's representatives here on earth. You and I represent Christ here on earth. People are watching your life and my life. Do you really believe what you say you believe? And is it so important that it impacts how you live? Gail spent uh, some time away from me uh, several years ago in visiting her father. Her father was in his last years of life and we made a commitment that she would fly down to Western Kansas and spend time with him. And I always enjoyed going to the airport and picking her up. But in my position, students, I happen to be in a very, as you would understand, a very visible position. People know who I am in some respects. So I'm going to, I'm at the airport, I'm at the airport and I'm waiting for Gail. And I see Gail and I'm, I'm glad to see her. So I give her a hug and a huge kiss. And I'm just delighted. Fortunately, she kisses me back, so this is a good thing. <laughs> and I leave and we go and we go to the car and we come home, et cetera. A couple days later, a faculty member says to me, hey, I saw you at the airport. That was pretty cool the way you greeted your wife. Well, why don't you come over and say hi? So, oh, you guys were doing your thing. 
But it reminded me, it reminded me that people are watching. You and I are Christ's representatives. I know that's kind of a funny analogy of experience I'm giving you, but it was, it hit home to me that I have to be very careful of the fact that I am in Christ's representative in a very public place. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay, why humble? Where am I at on my time? Okay, good. Why humble? Humble, what is humble? Let me tell you, the secret, the secret to humility is to understand that you and I exist for one reason and one reason only. And I'm gonna be very upfront with you, and I believe this wholeheartedly, that you and I exist to honor God and glorify Him forever. That is the first question in what is known as the Westminster Catechism. In the Catechism, the Westminster Catechism, the Heidelberg Catechism, the Canons of Dort, uh, Calvin's Institutes are things that I hope you will have a chance to study here at Northwestern, or if not, to be able to read yourself. But the Westminster Catechism is chalked as full of steps and understanding of our theology and doctrine. But the very first question is, why does man exist? And the answer is to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. The humility part, the humbleness comes, and the understanding that you and I, everything we have in life, everything we have, is because the Lord is blessing us and loves us. Everything that we have. I stand before you as a Bible major who had no idea God was gonna call him to be the president of the university. I had no idea. But I know that everything I've had in my life take place is because God gave it to me and God blessed me. And I don't have any problem giving it back to him. That's my encouragement to you. Be humble, be patient. All right, let's get on to verse 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil, sometimes it says malicious behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Be kind to one another. That's what separates us from the world. And how do we do that at Northwestern? Because we want to have you experience the microcosm of what the church, what the body of Christ should look like so that when you go out into the world, you can replicate that. Some people say, oh, Northwestern's a bubble. Yes, we are a bubble. Because we want you to experience that here at Northwestern. So you can replicate it wherever God leads you. But you're saying, Al, people here disappoint me. People here don't live up to my expectations of what a Christian should be. Yeah, that's gonna happen in the church too. The key is, how do you respond? The key is, how do you respond? Get rid of all bitterness. Get rid of all rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Here again, as I said before, Christians, we can be really hard on each other. Quick to judge, you know, comments like, well, you say you're a Christian, but why are you doing this? 
you say you're a Christian, then why do you wear that? I'll show you how old I am. You have a tattoo? I gotta admit, I gotta admit to you, I don't get tattoos, I gotta admit. But whenever Gail and I have a chance, we'll ask you as students, what's with the tattoo? And you say it's an opportunity for you to communicate your faith in Christ, to declare your allegiance to the King of Kings. Okay, but I wouldn't do that, right? Or comments, okay, let me get off that. Oh, you go to that church? Or you don't go to church? Things like that, that we're just hardening each other. Sometimes I'm amazed at how nasty Christians can be to each other, how critical and self-righteous. Like, how could you do that? Or how could you allow this to happen at Northwestern? Uh, Or, you know, bait and switch. You told us one thing and then you did another. So on a personal note, I just got to share with you. And I, and, I, and I share this with students. In fact, I was meeting with your student body president and vice president yesterday, uh, Kobe and Matty. And I shared with them that I like to share with students, especially when I'm trying to disciple or work with them. I said, look, leaders, if you're gonna be in a position of leadership, you gotta have a tough skin and a tender heart. Because people are gonna criticize you for taking stands and making decisions that you believe are based on Christ. At the same time, you gotta have a tender heart and understand that those individuals are also made in the image of God. They're just expressing their opinion. But if God's put you in a leadership position, you've gotta make that decision. So recently, like with this mask issue, You cannot believe the communications I've received of criticism from both ends of the spectrum. In our desire to protect the majority of the student body, to protect you, our concern and care for you, I have people arguing on one end, students should mask all the time and everyone should be vaccinated. And unless you do this, you really aren't following Christ. To the other side that says, How dare you require us to wear a mask? Don't you understand that this is a conspiracy of the government? Got that letter. I got one kooky letter where the the person said, I need you to sign this petition saying that President Biden isn't really the president and we're being run by the US Army. I kid you not. And there is, there is some incredibly harsh words in these letters and communications and bitterness, sometimes rage, all written by people who love the Lord. And it's hard for me. It's hard for me not to be irritated at these letters. I'm just being totally transparent with you. But I gotta remind myself I need to be kind. I need to be tenderhearted. I need to be forgiving. I need to make allowances. And I understand that people are disappointed in the decision. I understand that. And, that, and a lot of times they were venting. But you, we're trying to prepare you to be leaders in the home church community and world. We want you to have that tough skin and tender heart.
So people will be unkind, but you need to respond to any bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, malicious behavior with kindness towards one another, forgiving one another as Christ has forgiven you. I want to tell you another story about leadership in closing. Doris Goodwin Kearns is an author who writes a number of biographies about world leaders. One of the books that she's written is called A Team of Rivals. It's about Abraham Lincoln's life. And, and specifically, she focuses on the fact that Abraham Lincoln surrounded himself with the best minds in the country, regardless of what their political affiliation was or what they thought of him. He just wanted America's brightest and best. And that's what the content of the book's about. But there's a story in that book, an example of something that happened to Abraham Lincoln that has hit home and hard with me that I want to share with you. And that over a period of several months during the actual war, a woman was writing to him and saying, the Lord told me to tell you this. The Lord told me to tell you this. And she kept writing these letters over a period of several months, basically telling and criticizing him that he was making wrong decisions. The Lord told me to tell you this, etc. Now, if you know that at that time, the American, the general American citizen could meet individually with the president, could walk up to the White House and meet with them. I mean, I can't fathom that in today's world right now, but that used to be the case. So for him to get these letters was not an unusual situation. So after several months of receiving these letters, President Lincoln finally wrote this note to the lady and said, Dear Madam, don't you find it amazing that God's given you the answers and me the job? Sincerely, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> Leadership. Sometimes you stand alone. Sometimes you stand alone, you've got to make a decision. Even though people will have comments, people will have the Lord told me to tell you this. You've got to stand strong. Understand. Put away all bitterness. Put away all rage. Irritability. Pray. Be humble. Be kind. Be tenderhearted. To each other. To each other. Okay. Let me pray, and then we're out of here. Father in heaven, one another, we need each other, Lord. The body of Christ is interconnected. It's not independent of each other. It's interconnected. And we're interconnected because of the Holy Spirit. Because you live within us, you dwell in us. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. So Lord, I ask that we at Northwestern be a light in a dark world of how Christians love each other regardless of our political stand, our ethnicity, our age, our gender, regardless of that, that we are one in you. And that one another, together, we're in this in the quest to bring you honor and glory in all that we do. So Holy Spirit, descend upon each and every one of these students today, guide them accordingly, and protect them from the evil one, I pray. In Christ's name, amen.